Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big broadcast. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Much love, much love. I've been getting great feedback about my previous episode with D. Um, she was really good, really good. Great collab. I'm really appreciative of all the good feedback. Uh, we're going to have more of those video podcasts moving forward. Um, but I'm going to try to focus on the video collabs for more so the, um, uh, the guest-related episodes. Uh, that's what I'm going to try to do. But when it comes on the solo tip, on the one-on-ones, when I get to really talk to y'all, talk to my people, uh, I'm going to ride those solo, man. I'm going to do mostly audio for those ones, right? And today's episode, tonight's episode, uh, I won't put it on Patreon first. I'm just going to put it live and direct. I just really have to talk about this, right? And there's been a lot going on, right? This won't be a long podcast, but I have a lot to cover. You feel me? So bear with me. And... um, just ultimately, man, I want to speak to y'all, man. How do y'all feel? How you guys doing? You know, appreciate all the supporters, all the new folks, all the people who are rocking with me since day one. You know, at times I always feel like, bro, I'm not doing enough. But then I feel like, bro, I'm doing a lot. You know, at times I feel my audience is low, but even to get one listener, one person to dedicate time in their life to listen to the podcast, bro. That just means a lot to me, man. And, and I don't want to ever diminish anything like that. And I'm going to say it like this. If you're listening to the pod, man, I want you to give this podcast five stars. And, of course, the most important thing is to share it. To share it. Put it in front of people. It's the way we can grow. We can grow together. I'm committed to this podcast. Let me tell you all something, bro. You know why most podcasts fail? Or most YouTube, media platforms, all these things. You know why they fail? I'll tell you why they fail. It's because people quit. It's because they quit. Point blank period. It's because they quit. They don't have the stamina to keep going. They don't have the mental strength to say, hey, I'm finna, even though I don't see results, I'm going to keep on pushing. Right? And that's like anything in life. Right? LeBron James wasn't just LeBron James in one day. Now, look, did he have... Gifts, athletic, oh, my bad, I had to burp. Um, did LeBron James have more athletic talent than most people his age or his build? Absolutely. Was he born with amazing genetics to become 6'8"? Absolutely. <laughs> but he didn't come out the womb averaging 25, 8, and 8. <laughs> he didn't come out the poem literally... Uh, uh, being one of the greatest ball players of all time, I say he's the greatest of all time. No, he worked it day by day, brick by brick. There were so many people who were even highly recruited, who were highly hyped, who were have all the potential, and they were given next level comps to be the next Michael. Do you know how many people were this next Michael Jordan? You know how many people were considered the chosen one <laughs> right after Jordan? <laughs> And they never realized their potential. And they never, ever got close to what LeBron has done. And why is that? Because LeBron not only puts in the work, but he never stopped. To the point that he's in year 19. What is this rant I'm talking about? I'm talking about, I'm at episode 23, right, of this podcast. I do most of my episodes solo. 
And I do it because I have this hunger and this thing in my belly that says I'm going to be great and I'm going to succeed. I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to succeed and I'm going to work my off, my butt off. I'm going to work on it and reach there by any means. You feel me? I'm not going to compare myself to a Joe Rogan. I'm not going to compare myself to, you know, daily, the daily, whatever. I don't, I'm not going to expect, compare myself to any other podcaster other than myself, other than that man in the mirror. Okay. And when we look at individuals, right, who have kept pushing, kept going, despite of any kind of pushback or or view of success it's gonna sound twisted but follow me i think of andrew tate now a lot of people might be wondering andrew tate yes andrew tate the most popular guy on the internet for the past two three weeks (laughs) sounds weird but follow me andrew tate you know what i mean now andrew tate it's complicated because I actually had known of Andrew Tate and some of his content close to a year ago, right? And I thought he saw a lot of his views were really extreme, still are, you know what I'm saying? Extremely red pill, extremely, some will say misogynistic. I don't know if I would um, quantify him as that, but his, view can, his views can easily be seen as misogynistic. Definitely chauvinistic, definitely antiquated and quote unquote old, according to what we see these days, right? According to modern society. Now, do I agree with some of his misogynistic, chauvinistic views? No, but in my mind, like some of y'all know, like you've been listening to this podcast for a minute, I'm more so, especially to current times, I lean more on so on the conservative side or more traditionalist side, right? Or what you would call, in a sense, old school. Now, do I believe women should be in the kitchen and should just be, you know, <laughs> cleaning and sucking D and just popping out babies 24-7? No. Do I believe that you should only be dealing with younger girls 24-7? No. Do I believe that, you know, women are just terrible drivers and, you know, can't do science, tech, or STEM-related industries? No. No. But do I believe that men are supposed to be leaders of the house? Absolutely. Do I believe that there is male, there should be male leadership? Absolutely. Do, do I believe in that? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. And, and should I believe that men should be constantly improving, striving to be greater, getting more money, getting more achievements, and, and be extremely ambitious? Absolutely. Why do you think I go so hard at my own podcast that barely gets any views? I just keep pushing. And for the three, four people who even one person who listens to my podcast, I appreciate you to the maximum. But I'm going to keep on pushing till the very mother effing end. I will not disappoint even one viewer, one listener of my content. Never. I appreciate y'all. And you never forget that. Right. But for me. I just separate myself from what Andrew Tate's saying sometimes because I realize that Andrew Tate uses comedy, hyperbole, and goes to the edge. He triggers people because he knows that that helps the algorithm. That helps him become more popular. And what's the ultimate goal? I'll tell you what the ultimate goal is. The ultimate goal is to have people who get into his cult of personality 
and eventually leads them into signing up to his programs and his membership program, which is called Hustlers University. And once you get into Hustlers University, you're paying about $40 a month, right? As a member of Hustlers University, right? And that goes to his pockets because you are so enamored with the cult of personality, right? That you were willing to spend your money on it. Now, is this a new tactic? Hell no. Nah. This is what pastors do. <laughs> this is what pastors have been doing since the beginning of time. This is what Christians and, and a lot of religious, uh, religious leaders have been doing from time. It's not new. Nothing in this world is new. But the difference is Andrew uh, Tate's target demographic is young men. Okay? His target demographic ain't dudes like me who are 27 years old who have some experience with women who uh, are look beyond the materialistic realm, who understand themselves to a higher level, who are actually uh, kind of intelligent and can analyze things. His target demographic ain't women either. His target dem And you know what's crazy? When people get vexed and triggered by him, specifically women, right? They go on social media and say, oh, my God, this guy's the worst, guy's the worst. And guess what happens? They are unintentionally marketing for him. This is called outrage marketing. I talked about it on my YouTube uh, videos, one of my recent uh, YouTube videos. Please check it out. You know, Big Baby JTV on YouTube, right? So ultimately, how I look at it is that he has found a way to market himself and then market which thus mark he market himself makes he made himself a brand right he branded himself right and he branded himself as anti woke as anti feminist as anti uh the current culture as a villain right and that created something called outrage marketing where people literally create TikTok accounts and repost them. And because the algorithm is all about engagement, when they see people writing hate comments on the TikTok, when people, when the, the algorithm sees people downvoting, disliking, or anything like that, or even sharing, the algorithm automatically boosts that content. Right. And then it goes on your for you page on TikTok. And at that point, you have seen Andrew Tate. And let's say you're curious. Maybe say you he you agree with some of the things he says, like even me, I agree with some points that he says. Then you're like, OK, who is this guy? Then you Google him. Then you go on his Instagram and then you sign up to his program because you've been so inundated with Andrew Tate content that you're like, wow, OK, this guy's the top G. Well, he has a Bugatti. <laughs> Bugatti. What color is he? Bugatti. He has water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's kind of funny. He's he's actually funny. He has some troll-ish. And at that point, now you signed up for Hustlers University for $40. And you've given him clout. You've given him clout. So, at the end, he's won. This is what cult leaders do. <laughs> this is what politicians do. This is what pastors do. This is what Donald Trump has done. This is what Dave Ortnoy has done. These people use the rage of people against them. This is what companies like H&M did, where they were putting on intentionally racist uh, clothing out to stir up people. 
And then, because people are so outraged and so angry, they still go buy the product. It's human nature. This is what the Kardashians have been doing for the past 10 years. Attention is currency, bruh. And Andrew Tate uses it like a genius. And I think that he became so popular in the recent weeks or even the recent month because he had a marketing strategy to do that. Okay? Does he believe all the things he says? I think he believes maybe 70% of it or maybe 16%, 60%. I think that a huge percentage of what he says is trolling and exaggerated. Right? Do I know this man? I don't know this man from Pain of Salt, but I know history. I know how dudes like this work, bruh. And the top of that, I think that because there's such a huge counterculture against wokeness, dudes like Kevin Samuels became popular. Now it is Andrew Tate became mad popular. And I, I just want to comment about this. Andrew Tate steals a lot of black people's swag. Now, his dad was half black, so he's technically has one drop of blackness in him. But he, he steals a lot of black people's swag, right? I, I don't know if y'all noticed that, but like, bro, <laughs> he steals a lot of the sauce, right? Now, for me, I'm like, yo, go get your money, do your thing. I'm not your target audience. I'm not a young, misguided male, right? But I say this, we have to be careful with who we look up to, who we idolize, right? We're in the age, I think, personally, I call this the age of idolatry, bro. The age of idolatry. Now, what does that mean? Idolatry is when you you make something an idol or you make something like, um, now what is an idol really? An idol is something that you covet. What is coveting? Coveting means something you look to, you're, you're thirsting for, something you're envious of, something that you want. Like, let me give you an example, right? Like if somebody has a Bugatti, right? You really, really want that Bugatti. You're staring at the Bugatti. You're in love with that Bugatti. You are coveting that Bugatti, right? And, and it's basically where you are obsessed with something and you want something too much, right? Now, when you cover something so much, it becomes an idol, right? It becomes a symbol of something that you look up to high. You know what I'm saying? Same way that these dudes out here are following Andrew Tate like blind dogs following this dude loyally every word he says he's right he's 100 he's the top g no nuance at all this guy is their god that's idolatry bro that's why we have a culture that's so obsessed think about like the song stand by uh by eminem that's idolatry that's idolizing a man that's idolizing a rapper we're in an age right now, which is the age of idolatry in my eyes, bro. In my eyes, I look at dudes looking up to other dudes like they're gods. I see women looking up to other women like they're gods to the point where there's stories of women spending $20,000 in plastic surgery to look just like Kim Kardashian. Like, what kind of ish is that? You have people who look up at Dwayne The Rock Johnson like he's some kind of god. <laughs> Like, what? Some people are looking up to Andrew Tate like he's literally the top G. Like, what? Now, I'm not going to go overly religious on y'all, but the only person you should really idolize is basically God. 
or the most high or whatever deity you believe in, man. There's no man, woman, child, or item in this world you should look up to to that much. Literally, it's unhealthy and it's a cycle that's happening a lot more than we think. There's so many people who look up to other people or other things way above themselves and now you've created an idol. You created a god in essence, man. And that's what happened with Andrew Tate. But here's the thing. Let's hit this from another angle. We are in the age of idolatry. That's a fact. Let's, let's, let's really like state that. You know what I mean? But we're also in an age where masculinity is so put down upon that when you see somebody who is countercultural, right, who is the exact opposite of what's been put in front of you, who goes against the grain, that is a kind of attractive right now pause without no homo whatever i don't think andrew tate is attractive i love women i'm attracted to women andrew tate's aura and his message is attractive because it is counter cultural bro it's rebel it's rebellious right so what i'm saying right now is that we're in an age where masculinity has been so attacked in the mainstream right or ideals of masculinity that anything that represents super masculinity hyper masculinity is uplifted by a certain segment of the population what am i talking about i'll give you an example right a few weeks ago i was in montreal i was chilling with a friend right and i asked her what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about masculinity and guess what her answer was toxic masculinity right now this is a friend of mine i rock with her but at the same time bro i was so disappointed i was so disappointed and borderline kind of angry kind of cheesed by it because ultimately right masculinity is not toxic is there toxic masculinity absolutely absolutely that exists is there dudes who you know sexually assault or you know rape or, or, or abuse or kill or have violent tendencies or are insane and, and, and toxic absolutely 100 percent. but masculinity is not just that <laughs> that's like saying the first thing i think about black people is they're criminal thugs lazy and trash this is pretty much the same mentality right it, if that's the first thing that comes to your head that's a problem and i think personally not even i think i know that in recent times that's how a lot of people view masculinity man a lot of people view it that way and that's pathetic that's but the brand of masculinity of being a man has been so tarnished that dudes are afraid of embracing their masculinity now let me give you an example even me sometimes i find myself slipping on my pivot i'm like bro i slip on my pimping in the sense that bro sometimes i'm afraid of saying how i feel as a man sometimes i'm afraid of being hated upon for some of my actions as a man like dudes out here are afraid to approach women bro some ish that we should be doing as men, just how we are, how we're wired. If you think she is fine, go approach her, bro. Go say what's up. 
go do go do your doggy man she says no get the hell out of there good riddance god bless you you know what i'm saying if she rocks with you which she probably will if you're the right type of confident or the right type of swag or her taste then you just made a connection you made something real but we're in a world right now where things like that are demonized all right where you're as a man <laughs> if you want to be ultra ambitious if you want to you know do masculine things or things that are heteronormative in a sense or that are considered cisgendered you're toxic bro i just want to go outside play ball i want to get a gun license and go shooting i want to go potentially learn how to build a house i want to learn how to be a provider how to go out there and take over i want to compete i want to be the mother effing best i want to be more masculine but then that would be misconstrued as toxic really really now and i think it's just what's happening in this modern world especially the western society is that there's been a depolarization and a shift that shift is that a lot of women have gained a lot of masculine traits and a lot of men have gained a lot of feminine traits now why is that i think it's by design i think that's by that's by design because men are being demonized or at least that's how i perceive it right for being motherfucking men right now there's been a push towards men being more emotional right now i have no problem being emotional i have no problem revealing my emotions but at a certain level you have to hold your emotions and be strong be strong not only for yourself but for the people that you love and care for right women and children see is there's nothing wrong with being a strong masculine man ain't nothing wrong with it matter of fact that would help a lot of society if more men were masculine and strong right and if you really take a girl in the corner and just talk to her for 20 30 minutes she'll tell you they fuck with strong masculine men they don't like this pussy boy ish that's going on right now and yes i'm cussing i don't want to cuss like that but i get passionate about these things i get passionate about these things right modern masculinity yes it can evolve it can get better right because we're supposed to evolve and get better over generations and time that's how evolution works but honestly when you have a culture that the first thing that comes to their mind when you say masculinity is toxic masculinity you get a guy like andrew tate man you get a guy who takes masculinity over the top where it becomes not only toxic now i hate using that term toxic masculinity but in, in this case i would consider if we're going on the parameters of toxic masculinity that andrew tate literally exemplifies that right you can have rational reasonable men strong men of honor you know what i'm saying strong men of guidance of leadership of strength not only physical mental emotional all those levels can be fulfilled without it being toxic right it's just that we're in a society right now that is so obsessed with the negative that's so bombarded with toxic vibes 
that we don't even idolize or look up to the good, right? Look at the news stories every day. Trump, 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 Trump. <laughs> impeach, impeach, impeach. <laughs> Violence, shooting, 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 shooting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Black man versus black man. <laughs> racism, racism, racism. All the time. All these news topics that are so vain and negative and putting you down and not realizing that as a man, you are anointed. I'm speaking to the men right now. You are blessed. You are supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be great. You're supposed to take over, right? Now, that doesn't mean the women are beneath you. That doesn't mean the women are less than you. No, that's not what I'm saying, right? That is definitely not what I'm saying. Shouts out to the great, amazing women out there. We love and we respect you and we appreciate you. But we need the men to step up and say, I'm a motherfucking king. I'm that dude, and I'm going to hustle, and I'm going to grind, and I'm going to be better and better and protect and provide and be a strong mf in these streets. Because we need more strong men. I'm sick and tired of hanging around weak dudes. I'm sick and tired of hanging around dudes who are not about nothing. I would rather chill with myself if I have to. Till the end of time, I'll be a rogue, lone soldier if I have to, bro. If I have to, I will. Because the definition of modern masculinity has gotten so pathetic, so sad. Bro, look, look at individuals like Malcolm X, man. That is a strong black man. That's a strong man, period. Look at Muhammad Gandhi. Strong man. <laughs> and look at LeBron James. Strong man. Right? Would you consider LeBron James toxic masculinity? Cristiano Ronaldo. Strong man. All of these men are strong. All of these men. Think about your own parents. If you have a good father. If you have a good uncle. If you have a good grandparent. Strong men. And those are the example of positive masculinity. The right type of masculinity. Now look. Can modern masculinity be better? Yes. But this is what I'm saying. There's a bunch of strong, great men in the society. And they're being not only put down. But they're never being highlighted. Because we've gone so much on one side that we're boosting the strong, great women. And I have no problem with that. I just think that we need to also pay attention to the strong, great men out there. And if it takes this podcast to do it, I hell yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I won't hesitate. There's a bunch of strong, great men doing amazing things. You feel me? And we got to boost these men. You know, and, and, and all the men listening, man, be proud of you who you are, man. Hold your nuts, dog. Let them let them nuts hang. Real talk, man. You know what I mean? And it, here's the thing, right? The thing about being a solo guy, somebody who I, I like doing solo podcasts. I enjoy it. I'll be real with you. The thing about doing solo podcasts, bro, at the end of the day, right? I, myself, I need to go out of my way to collab with more Ottawa people. That podcast was deep, went really, really well, got great feedback. I appreciate everybody who viewed that <clears throat> and supported. Um, matter of fact, it's on YouTube and it's doing some great numbers. So I appreciate that. I mean, ultimately, the way I look at things is that, you know, collaborating and joining forces together is always a good thing. Always is good. Always is good. And sometimes you get apprehensive or you're not so sure, but... You know, having a team and working together, you know what I mean? It actually helps a lot, you know? Being able to reach out for assistance, being able to 
work and collaboration is good. And I think that a lot of Ottawa folks are doing that, and I'm proud of them. I'm very, very proud of them. You know, but some some topic I want to touch on is kind of a question that I had on my Instagram, right? Interestingly enough, on Instagram, I saw this kind of interesting video, right, where there's this light-skinned chick in the kitchen, right? And she has a stack of money. It looks like Canadian. It looks close to $5,000, right? She and, and, and in the caption, it's like basically a reel or like a TikTok or whatever. And it's like, oh, five, how do I feel about how I got these 5000 right? And the caption and then, well, in the caption of the video. And then right after that, there came a little thing saying in like, uh, jot notes, whatever it said, disgusted. Right. So what's in the what's implying in that little video, little reel or little TikTok is that she she sold her box for it. She was selling pussy. It was implied that it was sex work. Right. Could it be that she was selling drugs? Could it be she was doing other criminality? Possibly. But she's a she she looked pretty, looked pretty. You know, she looked good. She looked well took together. So she was probably selling box. Right, she was probably selling box. So for me, I asked, "Is this a good podcast topic?" Right, um, about sex work and guilt. Right, I think it's interesting to me. So for me, as y'all know, y'all probably listen to this podcast. I have no problem with sex work. Matter of fact, you know, if you are selling box, then do it. Do it to the best of your ability. Is there a stigma attached to it? Absolutely, there is. You know what I mean? Absolutely, there's a lot of hate. For that, which is sounds weird because I am very conservative minded in a lot of things, but not this. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a unique snowflake, but I'm going to say it like this, bro. If you're selling box, the guilt comes with it. Yes, the guilt comes with it because for women. Now, I'm not going to speak for women. I just for my perception, my experience is that vagina pussy, right, is treated at a higher level amongst women for most of the time like they they try in the sense that in the sense that it's it's like like something that is very sacred very important something very intimate right a kid comes out of there bro <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it bleeds once a month you know what i mean it's a very sensitive spot literally and figuratively you know what i mean so somebody who's willing to sell it for money have you know, intercourse or do other sex acts with individuals they don't like or care for for money, it takes a different type of woman, man. It takes a different type of mentality. And with that comes a lot of guilt. Something that a lot of people don't know is women who are in the sex work industry talking about strippers. I'm talking about prostitutes. I'm talking about cam girls. I'm talking about porn stars. All these people or a lot of these girls, not all of them, maybe I'll say most, Usually have some kind of trauma, bro. Usually. Usually use drugs and alcohol to perform these acts. Usually. You know what I'm saying? Usually are not as mentally stable, bro. And that's a real thing. Right? Now, for me, it I, there's, there's some who know exactly what they're doing. They're all for it and they love it and they're doing it because that's how they do it. You know what I'm saying? There's an interview actually with uh, Sharp. Uh, a no jumper where he interviews uh, a prostitute, a former prostitute called Martina, who's in her 50s. Right. She is a happy hooker. 
She knows what she's about and she's proud of her what she's about. That's the type of woman who does sex work. Shouts out to her. She's a happy hooker. But see, if you're making five bands off selling box, right? You should be a happy hooker. You should not have guilt in that. You should be like, hey, I made this money. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of my grind. Now, for me, I believe that selling box and sex work is at an all-time high now, right? Back in the day, even a few months ago, I used to be very judgmental, very ignorant about it. You know what I mean? And for me now, I don't care. I'm like, if you do it, do it. Do it your best you can. You, you ain't getting hurt. You ain't hurting nobody. Then do your thing. Now, here's something that we got to talk about also in the sex work industry, bro. There's a lot of thieving in that. There's a lot of drugs in that. There's a lot of abuse in that. You know what I mean? Literally. If you're a prostitute, some prostitutes, they get raped. It's, it's, I just got to talk about it. It's true. Some prostitutes, they get beat up. Right? But also, some prostitutes, they rob a lot. There's some thieves. Let me tell y'all something, man. One of your favorite rappers right now, Cardi B, she used to be a stripper and she used to rob dudes, drug and rob them. That's not uncommon. That's a real thing. See, it's a dirty, dirty game, right? Now, is there a good way and a safe way to play it? Absolutely. Look at women who are killing it on OnlyFans. The thing about the OnlyFans hustle is that at the end of the day, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but... A lot of these OnlyFans models <laughs> aren't even models, man. They have agencies that take care of literally the pimping, right? Think about think about women out there who use sex appeal to sell, let's say, records, music records, TV shows. That's a form of sex work to a lower degree. Now, do they feel some kind of guilt about using their sexual abilities? In order to achieve financial goals? No. So this goes circle back to what I was saying about that video, right? She felt disgusted after getting five racks. Now, if you feel disgusted about a job that you're doing, which is sex work, then you got to get out of here. You got to be a happy hooker. You ain't doing it for the right reasons. You are doing it for money. Goes back to what I talked about before. Age of idolatry. You are idolizing money. You're looking at money as your only God. The love of money, greed, right? Your idol has become money. Like, bro, what kind of ish is that? It's sad, but that's a big thing these days. You have idolized money to the point that you're doing disgusting acts, according to you. And they're so disgusting to you that you don't want to do them no more. The only thing that's keeping you doing it is the money, is the bread. Now, look, I understand poverty. You know what I mean? I, I come from poverty. I get it. Right. But at the same time, you got to find ways outside of poverty that will have you sleeping good at night. If you made five bands off selling pussy in a week, in a few days and even a night and you don't feel right about it. When was that money worth it? Was it worth it? Was it worth it for real? You have to play that game of being a hooker, prostitute, sex worker, willingly and happily with a smile on your face. That's the right way to do it. Shouts out to Martina. Interview on No Jumper. Check that out. You know what I mean? 
you know me, man. I always like to end this off with a sports segment, or at least be close to the end with a sports segment. I'm gonna talk about Lamar Jackson, uh, my favorite football player currently, right? Uh, not of all time, but my favorite football player right now from my favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and how he should get paid. He should get paid. He is on his rookie deal. He's a quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, my favorite team. Uh, he's on his rookie deal, uh, and the Baltimore Ravens have not paid him, uh, have not given him a new contract yet. Now, he, he's going into his fifth year. The Baltimore Ravens can do two things, actually three things. They can pick up his fifth-year option and just keep paying him how they're paying him right now. They could franchise tag him, which is basically giving him a holding type of deal where they say, hey, you're going to stay here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to hold you down. We're going to pay you, and then we'll pay you for later, which is next year. Or they can pay him a mega, super big deal worth of more than $230 million guaranteed, which is what he wants. He wants two minimum $230 million guaranteed. Why does he want that minimum guaranteed? Is because that's what Deshaun Watson got. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback who is essentially in his class, who got drafted a year before him, but you know, who's considered a little bit better than Lamar Jackson, yes. You know what I mean? Currently. But Deshaun Watson also is fighting <laughs> one of the biggest sexual allegations, you know what I'm saying, cases, scandals in NFL history, right? Lamar Jackson doesn't have that baggage. Lamar Jackson is also a league MVP, something Deshaun Watson isn't, right? So that's why Lamar has higher demands. That's why Lamar has at least minimum give me what he got, right? And the crazy part about this is that Josh Allen got his deal last year. You know what I'm saying? Deshaun Watson got basically two major deals. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the most guaranteed money deal ever of all time this summer. You know what I mean? And Lamar says, it's my turn. I deserve to get paid. In the quarterback market, how it works is that usually the pay goes up higher. Even Kyler Murray, a guy who was drafted a year after Lamar. Actually, two years after Lamar got a big guaranteed deal, right? Before Lamar Jackson. Now, look, why ain't they paid him yet? It's because they're afraid that they won't have cap space to bring in other people. And on top of that, they're afraid that he might get injured again. They're trying to lowball him. And Lamar Jackson, him and his mother are doing the negotiations. It's not an agent, right? Now, a lot of people are hating on him not having an agent. Me, I disagree. I think that's actually a smart decision. Be a pioneer, do it by yourself, especially your first contract. Your second one, usually a bit harder, so you need, might need an agent for that. But negotiating yourself and standing up for yourself and being in those meetings and those discussions, I think that's brave and that's good. Do it by yourself, man. I like when people do for self. Obviously, that's why I have a podcast. I do it all by myself most of the time. <laughs> but I like that. I like that. I don't wish him the best. Real talk. You know what I mean? I'm going to go. Take a quick piss and I'll be back. And I'm back and I'm back and I'm back and I'm back. And as was as I was saying, man, I think they're lowballing Lamar. I think the terms are how much guaranteed money Lamar is gonna get. I think that they're not trying to pay him as much as he thinks he deserves, which is the two hundred and thirty million minimum. Uh and Lamar gave the Ravens an ultimatum say, Hey, give me a deal. Uh, by week one, week one starts in three weeks. Snap. 
So for me, I'm like, damn, could Lamar sit out? I think Lamar's going to sit out. I think Lamar's going to sit out because logically he has to, right? If he goes out there and risks himself, risks an injury, bets on himself, right? Let's say he gets injured. Then his value goes down. Let's say he has a bad game. His value goes down. He would literally have to ball out every game without any guaranteed money. And in football, guaranteed money is the key. Because you never know. No, no, Nothing is guaranteed in football. Joe Theismann, a, a quarterback for the Washington Commanders now. They used to be the Washington Redskins, right? In the 90s. Actually, I think it was the 80s, late 80s, got hit by Lawrence Taylor, and he literally, and he broke his thigh. Lawrence Taylor broke his thighs. The man retired on the spot. It was done for him. Alex Smith got got, got hit with that injury. It was basically done for him, right? Who's to say that Lamar Jackson doesn't go on the field and get hit and, and, and something goes crazy, right? And he's lost out on millions upon millions of dollars. So for me, if I'm Lamar, I sit out until I actually get that guaranteed money that's going to set me up, me and my family, for generations and generations to come. Right? So last and you know, not least in terms of this subject, man, we got to talk about being confident in yourself, man. Confidence is so important, man. And, and I just want to leave y'all with this, man. Don't be afraid to be cocky. Don't be afraid to sometimes be arrogant. Don't be afraid to be overconfident in yourself because we are living in a society. This is like kind of touches a bit on the masculinity thing I talked about before. We're living in a society, bro, that's so obsessed with making people feel down, low, and insecure, right? Especially social media, which constantly shows us the best version of every single body instead of the real truth of what's going on in people's lives. You know what I mean? We're, we're inundated with lies from the media, from other people, right? We're always told to be humble and be low and meek. Uh-uh. I want a new paradigm. I want you to be confident in yourself, borderline cocky. We need that. We can't just always be meek about our accomplishments and what we are able to do, man. Be proud of yourself, man. I've been running this podcast and I've been doing work and I've been doing numbers, man. Episode 23, when people can't even finish five podcasts, can't even do three podcasts, can't even do 10 podcasts. I'm here with 23. I'm proud of me. And you should be proud of yourself, too. Because being you, you are a unique person. You are blessed. You are anointed. You are the one. And you got to be cocky about it. I'm sorry. You got to be confident about it. And I actually, and I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry, bro. Be confident and be proud of who you are. And on that note, I'm out, man. The big broadcast. Don't forget to give us five stars. Share this pod if it talked to you. And I'm out, bro. <laughs>